Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast Show, and I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. Now, that might be the mission of the nonprofit that you are currently working at, or if you're a freelance grant writer, nonprofit consultant, the many nonprofits you work with. All right, guys. So on the show today, I am actually going back to another podcast episode we had, 167, just a few podcast episodes ago, when we talked about objectives, right? The grant writing portion of the grant, where you actually really talk about the objective and how to write that. So we defined it there. So if you want to learn more about that, definitely check out 167. And today, I'm going to kind of follow up on that with this week's podcast episode with outputs and outcomes. Now, we hear those words a lot in the grant writing arena, and sometimes it can be really confusing for grant writers to know what is the difference and how to write those. So I'm definitely going to break them down today. So stay tuned for that. Um, but you can also grab a freebie about how to write an objective if you go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash one. 69. Actually, that's today's episode. I'll give you that link for episode 167. So definitely jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 169 and I can give you that link. I do have something coming up that's going to be a lot of fun and that is a free masterclass on May 18th, 2021. So if you are listening to this podcast before that date, make sure you sign up. I'm going to talk about the five most important elements in grant writing. So it is an hour-long masterclass. It is live online, um, and you definitely have time to get your questions answered um, after I finish the short training. So we will finish the whole thing within an hour. So it's going to be awesome, including your questions. So definitely jump over. Um, You also get two freebies. You get one downloadable that will accompany the training, so you can print it out and take notes as we follow and follow along. And the other one is if you hang out to the end, and you get my free grant research Excel sheet. So definitely you want to um, join that. Um, and once again, I will have the link on grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 169. So you can go there to check it out. But do sign up. It is free, but it is limited. So um, you definitely want to get in so you can get your place on that. Because obviously the more people you have on Zoom, the more you have to pay to host. <laughs> and I have a certain um, subscription. So you definitely want to check it out. Grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 169. Before we get into today's episode, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsor. Did you know that as a podcast listener of the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast Show that you get 10% automatically off of all of Holly's courses? That's right, you heard it here first. So if you are looking to increase your grant writing skills or maybe even earn a certificate in grant writing, or maybe you're looking to increase your nonprofit strategic planning skills and get that mission and vision statement done, map out your year and more. Or you might be interested in becoming a freelance grant writer and getting your business set up. 
Whatever your needs may be in the grant writing and funding field, you can definitely get skills at grantwritingandfunding.com to grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. Just jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com and click on courses. Any course or courses you may be interested in, upon checkout, just put in the coupon code PODCAST. That automatically gets you, as a podcast listener, 10% off of all of Polly's courses. And while you're there, check out all the other free resources that we have at grantwritingandfunding.com. Thank you for being a valued listener of the Grant Writing and Funding podcast and being a change maker. Enjoy. All right, and that is a great, great discount on all of those courses we have on grant writing and funding. We also have tons of free resources, so definitely check out grantwritingandfunding.com. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and look at the difference between an output and outcome in a grant writing proposal. The difference between an output versus the outcome in this grant proposal might not seem quite different at first. In fact, it might feel downright like the same darn thing, right? It's like, oh my gosh, they both start with the word out, right? It's like, are you trying to confuse us? So for many grant writers, this difference between an output and outcome can feel a little abstract and confusing. And some might even think, why do grant reviewers have to be so meticulous? Well, good for you. There is a quick way to know what the difference actually is. And I'm going to teach you how to remember it and better yet, how to understand what the difference is. Now, are grant funding sources just trying to trick you with these output and outcome words? Are they chuckling in the background while you scratch your head and think, tomato, tomato? Nah, grant reviewers aren't that bored, although they do have a good sense of humor. Once you understand what the difference is between grant outputs and outcomes, it will make your grant writing so much better. All right, so are you ready to get down to it? So I have seen many definitions about the difference between output and outcomes, and I'm actually going to take one from Alta Alonzi from Proposal for NGOs and use their definition and then also share my own, which is a little more succinct. But I like the way that they put this. So how they describe outputs are kind of bullet points, right? So one of the bullet points of an output is directly produced by the project. As long as you completed the project activities, you will create an output. Next bullet point, typically tangible and easy to measure. And the final bullet point, not the reason why the project was necessary. All right, so actually my favorite bullet point under that is number two, typically tangible and easy to measure. And you're gonna see that's because my definition for an output is very similar. All right, so now let's go ahead and look at outcomes. Produced from the project outputs. Just completing the project activities does not guarantee that the outcomes were also achieved. This is very good. I like to really let this sink in, you guys, okay? So just because you finish the project activities and the outputs, it doesn't mean that the outcomes are achieved. Next bullet point, typically more intangible and harder to measure. And the final bullet point, the reason why the project is necessary. All right, so let's kind of break this down a little bit more because you might still be sitting there scratching your head. So the way I like to define it is that a grant output is the quantitative and tangible result of the project and can easily be measured. So very similar to their second bullet point. Um, and I'm gonna give you guys some examples, don't worry, I'm not gonna leave you hanging. And the outcome, how I define it, is the qualitative and behavioral result of the project. 
So it's basically what has changed, not just what has been done. The what has been done is the output. What has changed is the outcome. All right, so let's go ahead and look at some examples because this is where you might get the aha factor. First, let's reflect on our objective from episode 167. So I'm pulling that and once again, this isn't to confuse you with another O word. <laughs> Remember that objective is smart, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound, and needs to be achieved in order to fulfill the goal of the project. Remember, so that's the objective. How are you going to reach the goal? You have to do the objective. So outputs and outcomes are items or elements that will result from achieving objectives. So let's go ahead and look at the objective sample. And this is also taken from my book, The Beginner's Guide to Grant Writing. So the objective sample is 100 disadvantaged youth in rocking socks will receive sports scholarships by the end of 12 months. All right, so that is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound, right? But how? what are the outputs then? What are the tangible things that you can measure within this objective? And then what, how, what behaviors will be changed because of this objective, right? When the objective is accomplished, what's going to result? How is that going to change the lives of those disadvantaged youth, right? How are those sports scholarships going to change something within the community um, so that it becomes better? That's basically what this is, and that's how I want you to kind of remember it. So let's look at some examples. So one example for an output, remember, measurable, tangible, 100 scholarships will be awarded to youth. That is something you can completely measure, right? And it's completely tangible. Another output you could look at is 20 nutrition classes will be held, right? You can add up the number of nutrition classes. It's very simple. 50 soccer practices will be held. So once again, something you can easily measure where the, did you actually hold 60 soccer practices or not, right? So 75 youth will graduate from soccer camp. So you're really looking at something a little bit more quantitative, right? Um, remember that's when we're like stats and numbers and all that stuff. And the qualitative is more like testimonials and you know, that kind of thing. So when we look at specific tangible things that can be measured, right? That's very, very simple. That is the output. Now let's look at the examples of the output come? What behaviors will change, right? So what is the real thing that you want to accomplish from this? It's not that you have just have 20 or 100 scholarships, is what will those scholarships do? All right, so let's look at the first output example, and then I'm going to give you an outcome example from that output, okay? So 100 scholarships will be awarded to youth. That's the output. Now the behavior change or the outcome will be that youth in rocking socks will improve their confidence and test scores in school. See, now you're linking it to what result would scholarships, soccer scholarships be to youth, right? Especially to disadvantaged youth. Well, it's gonna improve their confidence. It might give them something more to focus on. It might give them a reason to do well in school so they can be eligible to get scholarships. So there's all sorts of things that are related, right? The output and the outcome are related. So it's not so much what is the difference between the two, it's how they work together in kind of a linear strategy. So let's look at the next output example and then give an outcome example. The output, 20 nutrition classes will be held. Well, what is the behavior change from the nutrition classes? Just holding them alone is not enough. You want a result from that, 
Well, our outcome example is youth in rocking socks will improve their health. So that's more of a broader thing. It's a little bit harder to measure and maybe long-term to measure, right? But it is more of a behavior change. Let's look at the next output example. 50 soccer practices will be held. The outcome from that is there is a decrease in youth gangs in Rocking Sox City. They're not all out there in the alleys and doing whatever. They're at soccer practice, right? They're doing something productive. So they're also focusing on some of the outcomes. And I really, I talked to um, Dr. James Pan today, and he's actually going to be on the podcast uh, on 172. And he really described this well, because he was saying that for a lot of these outcomes, you can relate it to protective factors, right? Or risk factors being, so risk factors actually being uh, deteriorated while protective factors are increased. All right, so let's go ahead and look at our last output that I have as an example here today. 75 youth will graduate from soccer camp. So what is the outcome? Well, the outcome related to that output could be a decrease in teen suicide in Rocking Sox City, right? So because of the confidence built, because of the skills learned, because of the attitudes changed, etc., that results in a behavior change that we're really looking for. So overall, we're not just looking for soccer for the sake of soccer. We're looking for this program to really result in a healthier youth community. So how that's, and that's, how are you going to get there? Well, we're going to have these outputs. We're going to measure these things that have to be accomplished that we hope will lead to this behavior change. So that's really how you're putting them together. You're relating them. But remember, the outcome is what you are really wanting. 100 soccer scholarships might not result in this outcome change, but it's what the grant project is aspiring to do. Here's the thing. If you don't think your outputs will result in achieving your outcome, you might want to change the output. I hope you can see here that outputs and outcomes aren't exact opposites. It's not really an output versus an outcome, but it's more of a trajectory and a relationship. You will actually see them side by side in logic models, and this is why. The output leads to the outcome, the behavior change. And sometimes, even in logic models, you're going to see short-term outcomes and long-term outcomes. And they're basically saying, okay, what's the short-term behavior change? But over time, and maybe not accomplished even within this grant, what is going to be the longer-term behavior change? That's really cool, too, because especially when grants are asking you for sustainability, how is this project going to go on beyond this funding, they really do want to see it keep going on and really having a large impact in the community and almost like a legacy, right? So I think that's really cool when you really think about it's not just what we can get done with this grant money and we're getting just a year of grant funding, so we just want to do one quick project. But no, remember, really think about what is the behavior change that we want to see. And maybe you don't work with people, and that's fine. You don't have to see just behavior changes within people, right, directly. But maybe you want to see a change in your environment. Maybe you're writing environmental grants or, you know, something to do with nature. Like, those all have different types of long-term behavior change as well, right? So it's really interesting to see, like, how this is actually related and how it does make sense to measure both of these, right? So now you know why there are both outputs and outcomes in a grant proposal and how they complement one another. Remember, it's not just tomato, tomato, but there really is a differentiation, but the concepts work together. It's too bad they don't start the (laughs) 
these words with different letters so we don't get confused, but this is what we got. So remember, the output, the tangible quantitative results, and the outcome is the behavior change, what you're really looking to change and improve. And a lot of times, this is the flip of your problem statement and your needs section. You're going to solve those problems, right guys? So that's how you can kind of put this together. So that's it for today as we really just, you know, take um, these podcasts to really focus on one thing at a time so you can really understand it. As always, if you have any questions, you can contact me at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com and do check today's show notes, grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 169 so you can get all of the, the show notes and you can also get the link to join the masterclass coming up, Grant Writing 101. Um, we're gonna break down a lot of these things so you can really be able to get some great gems, including five important elements to really be more competitive with your grant writing and more confident. So do, once again, check out grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 169. All right, guys, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. Once again, for all the show notes, go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 169. And if you would like a chance to win a copy of the book, The Beginner's Guide to Grant Writing, definitely leave a review on this podcast on iTunes and you will be entered into our monthly book giveaway. So do check out grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash podcast dash review so you can get all of the information on how to enroll in our monthly giveaway. Thank you again for listening to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast Show.